Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Well, I am super excited about today's guest because um, I met Sherry Gregory at a Leverage conference through Miss Kathy Lip, who is another person I want to get on this podcast, too, but... um, Sherry, I met, Sherry's actually a mentor of mine, but Sherry has such a huge bio. I was like, she was going to sending us this stuff and I'm like, she's so smart. (laughs) Um, So Sherry is, Sherry Gregory is a frequent speaker for women's retreats, mops groups, parents meeting and educational conferences. She's a storyteller uh, that connects to women's frustrations, fears and failures, giving them hope that they are not alone and someone gets them, which I love that. She's a paradigm shifter. She believes that how-to works best in partnership with heart. And she loves sharing conversation that leads to transformation of beliefs, thoughts, attitudes, and feelings and behaviors in women that are ready to grow. She's a certified personal trainer, personality trainer through class seminars. Um, the list goes on and on. Sherry is also an author. She um, has authored many, many books. She holds a BA in English, an MA in leadership. But here's the thing. Sherry was, I, Sherry, you don't know this, but like when I took um, the leverage course and Sherry was my teacher for the, the three days of that, I was super intimidated by her because Sherry is a researcher <laughs> and she is in my opinion, very, very intelligent. And I was just in awe of her, but she kept talking about this HSP, HSP. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm so dumb. What is an HSP? I have no idea. Girl, what is that acronym? And so I asked her, like, I think the second day I said, well, I'm so sorry. Like, what is an HSP? And she said, oh, it's a highly sensitive person. And she has a quiz that you can take to see if you are. And I thought, she said, you know, people keep saying, why are you so sensitive? Or if you have like a sensitivity to, to tactile things or smells or th- there's just different things that mm-hmm. highly sensitive people feel, see the way they react in the world. So, of course, I go and take the test and I was like, ta-da, <laughs> that's what I am. And so it was this awakening. So I had this great admiration for her that she is someone who is giving a name to something that for the longest time I couldn't figure out like Mm -hmm. why I was so, why I felt so differently. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I wanted Sherry on was to really talk about that and really whatever you want to talk about Sherry. But, um, but I was just so curious about the whole highly sensitive person because I feel like a lot of my friends are the same yeah. too and we don't totally have highly sensitive. You know, it's like we can't figure out how to put our finger on it so Sherry I'm so glad you're here and I welcome, just wanted welcome. to um I wanted to start like 
just go back. Like how, how did you feel as a child when you were confronted with sort of these feelings that you had and you didn't know where to place them? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. And I am, um, I'm so thrilled that you resonated with, uh, you know, what, what I was talking about there. In fact, I think this whole researcher part of me really stems from trying to figure things out when I was a child. Um, as far back as I can remember, I felt like there was something very, very wrong with me. Like, Mm. um, I wouldn't have been able to put it into words at the time, but looking back, I know it was the sense of being flawed, like something, I would say even defective. Right. And and the problem is with being defective, it's like, I felt like I was unfixable. But, um, so as I got older, I would try, like, I think I owned pretty much every book on the Christian (laughs) self-help shelf in any any bookstore (laughs) because I was on this quest to fix what was broken. And, um, and so that's kind of where all that researcher part of me comes in. Uh, yes, I love, I, I love learning, but I was on this quest to fix things. Mm. And then, you know, the comments as as far back as I can remember and at every phase of my life, whether it was childhood or teenage years, especially, it was things like, you're just too sensitive Mm -hmm. or why do you take everything so personally? Oh, geez. I think we're twins. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then the next one isn't going to be true of every highly sensitive person, but I got, you're such a crybaby. Oh, my gosh. somebody who... Expresses feelings oh outwardly. Now, some yes. HSPs don't. Some HSPs hold it in. But I'm a hold in her. I'm a total crier, Sherry. <laughs> I yep. cry like. Yep. All the time. And when I, that's so funny because as Phyllis was t- saying your bio, that was the first question I wanted to ask you was, oh. are highly sens- sensitive people criers? Because I remember, I mean, I will tell you, even when I first started in business, like my frustration would cause me to cry. Mm-hmm. And then people would tell me, why yeah. are you crying? Like, mm-hmm. like it was a bad yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so again, some HSPs cry on the outside, some hold it on the inside, but it's still going to be a strong emotional response mm-hmm. that, that we have in, in common. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I had no idea what was wrong with me, and I just felt incredibly, um, very much of an outsider um, until I learned that, wait a second, this is a thing and it has a name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So when did you find out that that was an actual, um, terminology terminology? Yeah. Of, or mm-hmm. it, it's actually in medical books, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the research is over 20 years old. In fact, I think it's going on 25 years old at this point. I found out about eight years ago. Um, I was reading the book quiet. Mm. Uh, the power of introverts in a world. Oh my gosh! Yes, I've read that by book. Susan Cain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wonderful book. I'm not an introvert. I'm what's called an ambervert, which Same. means that <laughs> I love people. I love being out amongst people. You know, um, Phyllis, you and I met at the Leverage Conference. I love doing that kind of thing. Yeah. But then You're I exhausted. need my downtime. Yeah. And then I need to pull back again. You yeah. Know? I get bored and then I need to be out among people. Yeah, you know, thank like, you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you've, met your, you've met your twins over here. <laughs> I 
think that's a that's a good point too because it's like people go, well, you're so social. Why why do you need to be alone? And you know, it's kind of a confusing. It's a conundrum, right? You know, like you love to go out and talk yeah. and meet people and hear their stories, but then you get drained by them. And then I need like yeah. a couple of days to just like fill my tank back up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, see, I thought I was a failed extrovert. Like, oh. <laughs> extrovert who got more and more energy by being at the party. I was the extrovert who could stay for two or three hours, but like you said, then I needed two or three days to recover afterwards. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. So, in Susan Cain's book, she has a chapter on the highly sensitive person, and I, I just wept as I read that mm-hmm. chapter. As I'm tearing up now, I'm choking yeah. up, thinking because I was reading it in my bedroom, which is where I'm hiding right now. <laughs> and I remember reading it and thinking. Is this possible? Like, it felt too good to be true mm. that there was actually a name for all of this stuff that had never made sense, but I assumed was me just being this incredibly defective screw-up all of my life. Oh. And so, of course, I immediately ordered that, that whole chapter about the highly sensitive person. She cited Elaine Aaron, who is the foundational right. researcher who wrote the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, about 25 years ago. So I got that book. I read it in a day. And all I did the whole time was nod and take notes and highlight in eight different colors and everything was exclamation points. And for me, it was such a huge relief. Like, Mm. I came away from that just filled with joy. I felt a sense of freedom I've never felt because finally I had a name for this thing. And for me, now again, this isn't true of all highly sensitive persons. And that was a hard lesson I had to learn. I'll get to that in a second. But for me... I came away from this going, oh, my goodness, God created me sensitive. He made me this way on purpose for mm. his purpose. I'm not a mistake. I'm not a screw-up. I'm not too sensitive. I'm not taking everything personal. I'm not an attention seeker. I'm not a drama queen. I mean, mm. I don't have to tell you ladies the names. You probably <laughs> yeah, heard them all. And... And I realized, because after that, I went and I did this gospel, um, I just kind of dove into all four gospels and just really immersed myself in just watching how Jesus treated people from the lens of high sensitivity. And I realized we have a sense of a highly sensitive Savior who understands Mm -hmm. us. I mean, when you see the way he treated people with such amazing compassion, and he zeroed in on little tiny details, you know, I spent time with um, with the story of the woman who was bent over for 18 years, and the Pharisees are upset with uh, Jesus for healing her on the Sabbath. And in the NIV, he looks at them and he says, this woman who has been bent over for 18 long years. And I thought, he put that word long in there for a reason. Like, he understands. He doesn't dismiss her experience. He is... He is validating and confirming that it has been not just 18 years, but 18 long years. And so, you know, the more I spent time in the Gospels, the more I went, Christ gets me. He understands me. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say God made us sensitive. God created us sensitive. In Christ, we are always strong. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sensitivity is a strength, but the strength is in Jesus. It's it's certainly not a strength in my own flesh or even my my own will or brain or information. Um, but that's, that's my experience. After I found out, I like, I've kind of turned into this evangelist, like, anybody who will <laughs> like a new, a new HSP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what I discovered, like, I really wanted to, um, 
I proposed a book about this seven years ago, and it was soundly rejected, and I couldn't understand why God would let me um, discover <laughs> something so important, because there were no books uh, for Christians. Like, everything was a much more secular... Um, like, doctrinal? Uh, view that... Yeah, mm-hmm. well, it, yeah, there was actually nothing biblical with a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so important to look at this through the lens of Scripture and to yeah. understand this as a way that God has created us and wired us. But what I needed to discover, and then God just brought, one by one, various highly sensitive Christian women into my life. And what I discovered is half of us are excited to find out we're HSP, and the other half are just dismayed like Uh, they hate the word sensitive in their family of origin it means weak and they would rather die than admit to being sensitive and they want to cure it and they don't want to talk about it and um, the co-author of the book sensitive and strong that was her perspective and so Mm. i needed to understand that even though for me finding out that i'm a highly sensitive person has been yay i'm like i i am cheerleader with i literally have pom-poms in my office that i use (laughs) to cheer on my hsp but i had to realize that for probably half of uh, especially christian highly sensitive persons it's a much more difficult experience and i had to develop empathy and understanding for that wow yeah and i think too like coming from the business world you know it is it's you're told not to cry not Mm -hmm. to show emotion you know we're living in a man's world men don't cry so we shouldn't cry and you know I think that that's um, something that's being changed I know that my mentor at work we talk about you know crying and she goes you know Rhonda I I cry out of frustration it's not necessarily that I'm Mm -hmm. sad you know I think everybody kind of correlates you're crying because you're sad sometimes you're just crying out of like the frustration that you can't fix something or that you can't get your point across you know and Mm -hmm. so I was always very much like okay I can't cry like don't don't cry like you know hold it back hold it back and I do think there's a time and a place especially in business for for tears like you can't bust out in tears every single time but sometimes there's just no way around it and they're coming out whether you like it or not yeah yeah that's true well and it's you know, I, I appreciate you mentioning the fact, you know, the whole idea of, of men, because here's mm-hmm. the difficult thing. As difficult as it is to be a highly sensitive woman, it's, I think, probably even more difficult to be a highly sensitive oh, man. Oh, absolutely. 20%, yeah. 15 to 20% of the world's population are highly sensitive. It's wow. not just women. Yeah. So 15 to 20% of all the men walking around and boys that we're raising are, in fact, HSPs. I cannot tell you the emails I get of men who are, like, asking if they can join the, con- the sensitive mm. strong community and just lurk because they just want a place they can be understood. They have yeah. nobody and nothing. They've wow. identified that yeah. they are HSP, and um, it's brutal. It is brutal mm-hmm. for an HSP man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can yeah, understand I that. I think my husband, we've, like, done semi-tests on him, and he, he's like, I don't want to know. I think I am, and he's... Yeah. It, like mm-hmm. feels very deeply and he brings a lot of things home that just affect him and I'm like oh honey <laughs> yeah well so, because yeah, it, we tend absolutely. to we carry a lot right yeah. when we're HSPs we like we carry a lot and so I, I do I think my daughter's fiance is one too we were yeah. talking about that because my daughter took the test and she's HSP as well yeah. and um, she goes, I, I have a feeling my fiance is as well. And I, and I do. And now the more like, you know, no, the more I've gotten to know him, the more I'm really like, Oh, I think so too, because yes. there are, but there's beauty, but there's beauty, beauty in that. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing that people 
forget is that, you know, your HSP people are the people that are going to bring you chicken noodle soup when you're really sad, you know? <laughs> They're the ones. We're nurturers. Yeah, we're nurturers. So don't get rid of us because you're going to be alone. No. Uh, no. So that is. We're the ones who are noticing. Go ahead, Sherry. We're the ones who are noticing things. We're mm-hmm. the ones who have high empathy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been, the thing that's been so important to me is in it's been empowering to discover, you know, I'll just briefly list the five characteristics of a highly sensitive person. Uh, we have depth of processing. We are easily overstimulated. Mm. Uh, emotional reactivity, empathy, and sensing the subtle. Mm. And once I was able to put a name to those and start recognizing them, then I was able to take extra responsibility and mm. build myself yeah. a toolkit of things to take care of myself mm. and to learn um, skills that I had been lacking because see back when I thought I was defective I didn't take care of myself why yeah. would you take care of something that's defective and not fixable mm-hmm. but once I realized wait God created me this way on purpose for his purpose it's not even a matter of self-care it's a matter of stewardship to take care of my bo- the body and the brain that he gave me to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. so that I can then be prepared to serve yeah. and so uh, you know, I've had I've had some people say, "Oh, aren't you creating a victim culture?" And I'm like, "No, no, no! I'm taking people out of the misery of thinking right. there's something wrong." I hope right. I'm right. taking people out of the the misery of thinking that they are so defective they're yeah. not even worth taking care of. To realizing that they have so much to offer that God has placed them here on purpose, exactly. and that yes, taking care of themselves, taking care of that body and brain, you know, exercising and practicing stewardship means that they can then follow his call to serve and care in all the ways you were just mentioning. Mm. Well, and if we talk about, you know, the gifts that the Lord gives us and, you know, that is a gift. It is a gift that he's given us Mm. empathy because not everybody is, has it. And so, you know, I, I, I've learned to embrace my empathetic side, you know, whereas before I would get mad at myself because I felt like I always get burned. You know, I'm always the one who like go out of my way, but I'm always the one that gets burned. And now I'm like, that's, I'm okay. I'm okay okay with it because I'm kind of like, that's, that's my love. It's my love language. That's what I, that's how I love. Whether they take it as that Whether they abuse it or not. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting um, that you were talking, you know, I, it just settled into me of you talking about men, there isn't a community for them. That's so sad that, um, and the other thing I was thinking of is when you were saying, you know, people are saying that you're, um, treating it as a victim thing. I feel like people who don't recognize that in themselves Mm -hmm. are already in their own prison. Like they don't understand that it is something they can free. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that is really yeah, I cool. I completely agree with you. So um, tell us a little bit. I know, so you wrote the book Sensitive and Strong, and then you also have a Sensitive and Strong community, which um, I highly recommend. <laughs> which <laughs> I'm a, joining as soon yeah, as we're done with this podcast. It's such a beautiful place <laughs> to go. And what I love, Sherry, is that you um, tell the, the women, like, listen, if you want to join in the conversation, you can. If you can't, you can't. And just love you through it all so there's no pressure to like do all the things and mark all the boxes but tell us a little bit about how um your journey of writing that book and and um how you started the sensitive and strong community yeah um so like i like i said it took finding uh, a co-author mm-hmm. um 
who had the opposing perspective to mine. So Mm -hmm. in Sensitive and Strong, and the subtitle is A Guide for Highly Sensitive Persons and Those Who Love Him, I'm the one who's shaking the pom-poms. I'm like, HST, yay. Denise (laughs) J.Q., she's like, HST, no way. (laughs) I love that. It was really fun to have both perspectives. It was really challenging in the best possible way to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And... um, Then beyond the book, yes, I do run, uh, I like to say I co-facilitate the Sensitive and Strong Community Cafe, which is a paid membership site. Mm -hmm. It's not on Facebook because for many of us, Facebook is just too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I built it on a mighty network um, where it's just a quieter, um, less sensory stimulating or overstimulating space. And my vision for it is that it's an online safe space for the highly sensitive Christian women that offers a variety of connection and collaboration options to pick and choose from Mm -hmm. based on specific needs and personal schedule. And so some weeks, you know, certain members, they don't even show up because that's what meets their needs. Mm -hmm. And other weeks, they're there a lot more of the time. But there's like zero pressure because that's the hardest thing, I think, for for many HSPs is this feeling of expectation and pressure. (laughs) Yeah. what I love about it because I kind of occasionally pop in and out and it's like I love reading about other people's stories and Mm -hmm. any kind of question you may have or if you do a short little video I'm like oh what's Sherry saying today you know and and then it's like there's some weeks where I'm like oh I don't have time and I think too as a writer you get invited to join all these different websites and like I want to support everybody but I get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and so yeah yeah. so I love that it's just there yeah, that, that would be the exact wrong thing for a community for highly sensitive persons to be overwhelming would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be the opposite. Because we, we, so. we already take all that on anyway. We're taking that, on our problems and your problems. So <laughs> that would be a fail. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Sherry, can we go back really exactly. quickly to talk a little bit about, okay. I want to touch on the men part because yeah. there could be people yeah. listening today that, the woman is not highly sensitive, but their husband is. Mm, and so yeah. like, how yeah. do they, how do they deal with that? Like how, how, what would be like a piece of advice that you would give to a woman who is not highly sensitive, but is with a man who is? Well, my number one piece of advice would be to run, not walk, but run to buy, um, Jill and Mark Savage's book, No More Perfect Marriages. Yeah. Because in writing that book, they discovered that Mark is the highly sensitive person. That's right. And Jill is not. Mm-hmm. And we had a wonderful conversation with Jill on the Grit and Grace podcast about, and it, I mean, it just brings me to tears even thinking about it, about mm-hmm. how um, how grateful she is to have discovered that Mark is an HSP mm-hmm. and also one of their daughters and one of their grandchildren, I believe. Mm-hmm. But it totally helped reframe how she him and how she is able to receive the gifts that he brings to their family. Yeah. And so that would be my number one recommendation. 
And then the other one, there are a few books out there that are available for men. Um, and But even just something as basic as taking the, the assessment mm-hmm. and then just really uh, processing, which is just my phrase for simply processing yeah. something through prayer. Mm-hmm. Like even going through each of the test items one by one, maybe one per day, and just saying, let's talk about it, or even mm-hmm. one per week. That's it really good that. advice. Yeah. But then saying, let's talk about this. Let's take it seriously. So, you know, like if you really have a hard time with change, what are the implications mm-hmm. of that for us as a couple, for us as a family? Because it's so easy for all of us to, to just, well, buck up. Buttercup, right. or suck it up, buttercup, right. or just, you know, yeah. right. be a man, you know, walk it off, as opposed to realizing, no, this is real, mm. you know, we can treat it as real, we can be respectful, and um, we can adjust as a family, mm-hmm. and, you know, in my family, my husband's also a highly sensitive person, he has a very different constellation than I do, yeah. um, and so knowing things uh, means that as a family we can prepare in advance yeah we can that's make the... decisions so that he's going to be um at his best rather than, than being put in situations where he's going to be at his worst yeah because mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship where you're both highly sensitive but you might be at different levels mm-hmm. i think you know that's really important oh, yeah. to be able to like know how to communicate with one another because right. You know, I'll use my daughter as an example. She's highly sensitive, yet she's a lot like Phyllis, where she doesn't cry unless it's really bad. Like, it has to be, like, really bad. (laughs) I'm the cry hider. Yeah, I'll start crying, like, you know. Uh But she, like, just, it takes a lot for her to cry unless she's really affected by it. So it's just kind of interesting to, like, Mm -hmm. see the dynamic. Like, even with two highly sensitive people, it could be very different. Well, that's a thing I see with my husband, as I know, um... I know his feelings of like how he needs to have certain things be at the end of the day. And so I'm really aware of like, um, you know, like he loves when the dinner is almost ready. He loves a clean kitchen. Like he just, cause he's very tactile and like that kind of person. And so if he walks in and he sees like stuff sizzling and like things smell good and everything's clean and the plates are out, he, it's just like, even if he's had a crappy day, he walks in, he goes, oh, yeah. this, like he can breathe. Yeah. yeah. And then he'll open up and then he can talk to me about like what's going on. And then I'm like his sounding board. So I, I sit and listen because I can sense that that is what he needs because he's held it in, held it in, held it in all day mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he needs to release it. And so, um, I have figured that out in our marriage, you know, mm-hmm. after 31 years, you know, I finally, I'm like, why, why does he come home? And he's so, you know, uh, and the kids used to literally run from him because he was just grumpy, you know, not, he wasn't like mm-hmm. cruel. He was just like kind of cold hearted yeah. and just very grumpy and like shut down shut down shut down and so you know I'm like why why and so it's funny because since I've been studying that more in myself I realized oh I think you know my husband has that and so being able to clue into those things um he mentioned that to me he said you know you have this he goes I love coming home at the end of the day because you are like my safe place to come to where I can come in and I feel good walking in the door. And I know that you're going to be there like with a listening ear. And so it's, it is, it's kind of interesting. You don't, you wouldn't look at that. You would look at that as a relational thing, but it's really like knowing 
who they are tactily, yeah. like who they are right. inward. So. Right. And I think it's yeah. hard. I feel bad for men because I do feel like they're not able to express it. You know, their whole life they're told not to cry right. and to, you know, you're a man, mm-hmm. men don't cry, boys don't cry. And, and it, it is funny. Mm-hmm. Like, so the longer I married to my husband, we've been married almost 25 years now. The, I crack up because I'll turn, we'll be watching a movie and I'll turn and I'll look and he's crying. I'm like, what are you crying for? Aww. Like, oh my, oh my gosh, like that's my job. Why are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the most natural thing in the world for him to be doing because that's how God will learn him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I love that. So Sherry, yeah. um, moving forward with all the information that you have, like what, what do you have moving forward through this, um, HSP journey that you're on in um, ministry, really, what do you see for the future of that? Well, uh, you know, we've already talked a little bit about the um, Sensitive and Strong Community Cafe, which yep. is a membership group, which I just love. And then um, just a couple months ago, um, Mary Lou Kasky, who's a good good friend and colleague of mine, we started a Sensitive and Strong Mastermind specifically for communicators and coaches. Mm-hmm. And so it's a small group coaching, and we are having more fun than we should be allowed to have. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Whenever we get together for one of our uh, mastermind calls, we all realize we don't have to explain anything to each other. We don't have to <laughs> apologize. We don't have to... Um, put up our guard and be our best self, like everybody gets it. And mm. it is so freeing. And we're getting so much more work done than if the, most of us have been in other masterminds. Right. But we realized that we spent so much time trying to get other people to understand us that we never got any work done. <laughs> and so that's been a lot that's, of fun. It's that's been, very uh, true. Wow. Eight of us, Mary Lou and myself, and then the other six, uh, half of them are communicators and half are coaches. We are just having a ball. That's And great. then um, I'm also working on several new e-courses. I have one called How to Quickly Calm Your Overwhelmed Heart, and um, I'm working on developing a couple of others. Um, I'm a, I am a high school teacher by trade, so teaching Aww. just kind of comes naturally for me, and I really enjoy that. And will those be, will you be talking about those on the Sensitive and Strong Cafe? when those come about yeah okay perfect Uh yay well sherry we've just had i could have you on all day long i know i have like a million questions (laughs) in my head i'm gonna go join the group just so i can ask questions you have another member (laughs) joining um but i know after hearing this you're probably going to have a lot more members joining because i know our listeners uh, feel the same way we do and they really uh love like learning new things and I think a lot of them probably are sensitive people and so now they have a place to go and so we just are grateful for you Sherry and we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much Sherry and I, I learned a ton I was like feverishly writing notes here because <laughs> I just feel like it's such an important thing and you know with our with our podcast it's all about having honest conversations and I think sometimes we avoid these topics that are a little mm-hmm. bit too difficult or we don't want to delve into so I just appreciate your honesty and sharing with us all your knowledge and thank you so much and 24 Carat Tribe, we thank you so much for joining us today. And um, please like, subscribe, and share. And don't forget to follow us on 24 Carat Conversations podcast. And Sherry, do you have any last minute words? Uh, Well, first, to the two of you, thank you so much. I'm just so thrilled that that you're continuing to share the word and spread the word and let people know uh, that the number of women who I um, meet when I'm either like at a speaking at a retreat or they send me emails and 
I'll hear from women who are 70 and 80 and even 90 mm-hmm. years old, and they'll say, I finally understand myself for the first time in my mm-hmm. life. And part of me, it breaks my heart that they had to wait so long. Yeah. And part of me is just so thrilled that at long last, they're, start, they're able to grasp it and they're able to get it. And so, yeah, you know, my parting words, I've already said them, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say them again. God created you on purpose for his mm-hmm. purpose. God created you sensitive, and in Christ you are always strong. Amen. Oh, my goodness. And what a great way to close out the show. And so until next time, 24 Karat Tribe, sparkle on. Bye, peeps. Bye.